Welcome to the Infertility Stress Podcast, where we talk about how to care for your mind and your nervous system during your fertility treatment process so you can spend less time stressing about eating the quote-unquote right foods and more time living your life. I'm Michelle Kapler, fertility acupuncturist, board-certified reproductive specialist, and mindset coach, and you've got episode 49. Hello, my dear. Thanks for being here with me. Today, we're going to talk about food, which for some is a source of pleasure and soul-filling goodness. But for a lot of folks, especially those of us who are socialized as women, this topic can come with a whole lot of trigger. In today's episode, I will be mentioning specific diets, weight loss, body size, and fat phobia. So if those things are tough for you, you might want to take care and skip the episode if it feels like it's too much. Before we dive into the episode, I want to take this opportunity to remind you of my upcoming online class called Unraveling Infertility Burnout, happening on July 14th, 2022 at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. If you are feeling like infertility has you at the end of your emotional rope and that one more piece of bad news might send you over the edge and make you finally lose your mind, this is for you. If you find that your emotions are on a short fuse, maybe you're snapping at your partner or your clinic staff or your coworkers for reasons that you think aren't actually all that big a deal, then this is for you. If you feel tired all the time, exhausted, even if you've had a good night's sleep or have taken a vacation, this is for you. Infertility burnout, which I define as a decline in emotional resilience during your infertility process, is something that is so common for folks as they go through this process. In this class, I'm going to teach you what infertility burnout is, what causes it, and some of the reasons are super obvious, and some of them you probably hadn't even considered before, and what you can do to begin to heal from it or prevent it from happening in the first place. You can join us for free by saving your spot at michellecapler.com forward slash burnout. Yes, there will be a replay available, but I do highly recommend joining us live because you will be able to participate in the discussion and ask me any questions you want. There will also be a little bonus available only to the people who attend live. Again, it's Thursday, July 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Head to michellecapler.com forward slash burnout to save your spot today. So we're going to talk about fertility and food. Fertility diets. Most folks looking to quote unquote optimize their fertility have looked at changing their diet at one point or another to some extent or another. Eating for fertility is a concept that many people are familiar with. And right off the bat, I think there are a few things worth mentioning. First, The diet industry in general is a $58 billion industry. According to a few Google stats that I looked at, so take that for what it is. And yes, I'm referring to figures about the weight loss industry specifically, as opposed to the online space directly related to fertility. I'm sharing this figure to just simply illustrate the pervasiveness and how much money there is to be made by explicitly telling people that they should be actively working to be smaller, change their bodies, regardless of their individual medical history, and ultimately seek to have control over the health outcomes by changing their diet. And the online fertility wellness industry is tied in with diet culture in a big way. 
There are countless influencers selling their online fertility diet programs. There are numerous books and cookbooks written on the subject. And there is a lot of money to be made by people selling this information. And I'm not saying that any of this is inherently good or bad. It's just good to know that it influences the way that we think about food in general and food in our infertility process. Now, I want to be really clear, I'm not advocating against someone trying to eat a healthy diet. The general quality and types of foods that we put in our body clearly has an effect on our long-term health outcomes, and this has been demonstrated in research many, many, many times over. What I take issue with is telling somebody with a diagnosed medical condition that if they eat a very specific and oftentimes restrictive diet, that they will be able to magically solve their infertility. What people often make this mean, and I've seen this time and time again in my clinical practice, is that folks just take this to the extreme. When they take a very black and white slash perfectionist approach to their eating, that they must eat perfectly or their infertility is somehow their fault because they ate a particular food, quote unquote, off plan, it creates these cycles of shame guilt, and self-doubt because they were told that if they execute on a particular diet perfectly, then they will get pregnant. And this idea comes from diet culture, where people, especially those who are socialized as women, are consistently being told, both explicitly and implicitly, that we should always be continually improving ourselves, and that if we are unable to achieve a particular health goal, whether it's losing weight or getting pregnant, that they did something wrong or there is something wrong with them. And it is interesting to see this play out in real time in clinical practice, where the two worlds of the fertility wellness industry and diet culture converge, where people are talking about eating for fertility and their weight, body size, and potential for gaining weight is often part of the conversation, even if the two aren't clinically related. I've had people come in for treatment where the reason for needing to do IVF was a 100% male factor, so sperm issues, and they still felt the need to lose weight to optimize their fertility, even though they have clinically been told that their body is healthy the way it is. That weight loss is still niggling in the back of our minds consistently, even if we're not conscious of it. It is deeply ingrained in people's minds, again, especially those who are socialized as women, that thin equals healthy. The smaller you are, the healthier you are. And that if you have a larger body, it automatically means that you have poor health. And that if you have health issues as a person in a larger body, they are automatically and completely attributed to the amount of adipose tissue on your body, as opposed to the many, many other factors that we afford thin people as a potential cause of negative health outcomes. Okay. I'm going to step down off my soapbox. I want to share some practical stuff, but I wanted to share all of that with you because I think it's important to like our reasons when we are making decisions for our health and quite frankly, in any area of our lives, but we want to like our reasons for the types of food that we are choosing to put in our bodies. And when we think about changing our diet for any purpose, whether medical or not, we want to make sure that we know what's really going on and make our decision from there. So here are my thoughts on fertility diets from a generalized perspective. Of course, there are always exceptions and nuances, but for an overarching statement, this is how it goes. I have made a Coles Notes list summary of 
me going on and on for hours and hours, and I will save that (laughs) for another time. If I had to summarize all of this into a few sentences, it would be this. There is no one solution that universally works for every human on the planet. Health and medicine are complex and ever-changing as it applies to the individual. What worked for one person might not work for the next. And the best way to determine if a particular intervention is for you, and this could be a treatment or a diet or a lifestyle intervention or a type of therapy or anything that you feel might contribute to your fertility process, the best way to determine if a particular intervention is for you is to try it and see. This goes for medical treatments, treatments with allied health professionals like your acupuncturist, lifestyle practices, and eating plans. It's really all a bunch of trial and error. And this rarely yields those miraculous and magical results that are so often promoted by online influencers. Usually, finding the right health solution or combination of health solutions is more about moderate improvement with a side of mild dissatisfaction and continuous incremental improvements as you discover more and more about what will work for your body. That's the way it goes for most people. And if you have a less straightforward and more windy way of figuring out the answers for your particular and unique body, it is not a representation of your commitment, your moral value, or your inherent goodness as a human. You are not a failure. You live in a human body period. And the infertility process fits under this as well. Okay, so that was more than a few sentences. (laughs) Sorry about that, but also not sorry about that. And here are a few more of my thoughts when it comes to fertility and food. First, research has shown that the nutritional guidelines that actually show sustainable and reliable positive influence on health outcomes in the long term are kind of boring. You're looking at things like drink enough water so your pee is light yellow, eat more vegetables, eat a well-rounded diet with all of the food groups with lots of variety. It's not magical. There's nothing crazy. There's no new miracle cure that hasn't been discovered yet when it comes to our food. It's just kind of the boring lifestyle stuff that we all know contributes to having a healthier body sustainably over the long term. And this is why the Mediterranean diet consistently shows up in research as the most positively influential when it comes to fertility optimization. The Mediterranean diet is a pretty normal human diet. You're including all the food groups. It isn't restrictive and you aren't looking at food in a reductive way. Macronutrients and calories just aren't part of the equation. Just eat whole grains, beans, veggies, fruits, fish and meat, healthy oils, nuts and seeds and dairy. And I also like to add, don't overthink it. And for most people, that's all you really need to know. The second thing I want to mention in my list of thoughts is to think about the big picture as opposed to the individual meal. I have had so many patients and clients that engage in thinking so terribly of themselves because they quote unquote cheated on their fertility diet. Maybe they had a few glasses of wine on their anniversary, or maybe they went to their grandmother's 90th birthday celebration and had a piece of cake. And they take that one meal 
or one food and make it mean that they have screwed up their whole cycle. And that one quote unquote cheat or quote unquote slip up will be the reason why yet another cycle fails. And what I want to tell you is that it just doesn't work like that. If you are generally eating healthy meals, you are doing it, period. And wine on the weekend or cake with your grandma can 100% be part of that. Zeroing in on particular foods or a particular meal just isn't useful or relevant to your overall fertility. And it causes a lot of wondering or fixating or just plain suffering. The third thing I want to mention is that yes, there are medical conditions that can benefit from eating a particular diet. For example, if you're diagnosed with insulin resistance due to polycystic ovarian syndrome, research has shown a correlation between eating a diet lower in carbohydrates and improved ovulation and fertility outcomes. Or something like if your blood work comes back and you have low iron, it makes sense that you would want to add a bunch of iron-rich foods to your diet. But what I see a lot of in practice is that people will theoretically assume that they have these things, even if there isn't medical evidence to support these assumptions, or they'll be eating a certain and usually restrictive diet from the perspective of prevention or just covering all their bases. Lastly, I want to throw in a few rapid fire thoughts on this and you can take them or leave it, but here's a few of my other thoughts just to end the episode. Number one, you don't need to detox for fertility. Your body is not inherently dirty. Number two, intermittent fasting is not conducive to overall female hormone health and healthy menstrual cycles. And just so you know, the majority of the research in this area of nutrition was done on men. Number three, your hormones need an abundance of fat and carbohydrates in your diet in order to function properly. Any diet that significantly restricts either of these is not conducive to hormone health and fertility, unless of course you're diagnosed with blood sugar issues, in which case that's a different story. Number four, thinness is not equal to health. Your medical data, such as blood work and the way you actually feel in your body, are way more accurate ways of predicting health outcomes. And lastly, bodies change over time. So something that worked for you in the past may need to be revisited in the future. This is not only totally okay, but completely expected. How did this episode sit with you? I know it's a bit of a different perspective than what you usually get in online fertility spaces, but I'm super curious to hear from you and what this was like. I want you to come over to Instagram and find me at Michelle Kepler and send me a DM. Let me know if you have any questions or comments. And otherwise, I will see you at Unraveling Infertility Burnout on July 14th, 2022 at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Again, in order to grab your spot, you're going to head to michellekepler.com forward slash burnout to save your spot today. That's going to be it for this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my dear. 